What's going on, fellow quarantinos? <laughs> What's happening? It's great to be back sharing with you day three of your trigger-proof training. Why trigger-proof? Why is it so important? Well, there's never been more of an important time for you to master the art and neuroscience of becoming trigger-proof. And what do I mean by that? It's becoming trigger-proof is not trigger less. Hey, what's up, Ashley, Laura, Kyla, what's going down? It is good to see you. Please engage. Now, here was what was my, what was my promise to you is that every single um, conversation that you enter into my space brings you to a greater sense of clarity and connection with yourself. Instead of, instead of content putting you to a, putting you to sleep my intention is to have this content awaken you why because there's people in your life that need you right now and the people that separate themselves during times of crisis are the ones that are most regulated and grounded with themselves and i've been getting a lot of great feedback and great questions howdy howdy let let me know just write in the comment section where you're paying attention from, even if you're on replay, I don't care. I wanna see your uh, participation and engagement because that's gonna activate your prefrontal cortex. If you're actually paying attention to me, you're in the moment, in this conversation, I ask you a question, you turn inside, you think, and you come and you share what's true for you, you're actually engaged in the present moment, which is regulating your nervous system. What else is impacting your nervous system is my nervous system and my ability to be regulated and in my body and grounded and connected to who I am and connected to why I'm here, connected to myself on that kind of picture that I have as a reminder to you of where you are. Can you do that right now for me? As you're sitting here joining me, can you connect with your breath and take three massive breaths, expanding your rib cage while you expand and twist your arms back, three massive breaths. <sighs> Surrendering the exhale, do two more. Opening up each time, <sighs> twist your arms back. This is a functional exercise. <sighs> a little hack from a chiropractor that's gonna give you everything to help you open your physiology and open your heart in a time where you just want to go into shutdown. Have you been noticing that a little bit? Have you been noticing yourself? If you watched yesterday's content, you would be able to practice if you're playing along with me in the journey. We are, by the way, this will be an eight week journey of complete nervous system rewiring and re-regulation if you can follow along and practice with us. What you're doing is you're actually getting yourself into your body and a sense of feeling safe here. Because when you don't, all of the mass kind of energetic dysregulation that you see is going to be affecting you. You can feel it, right? You're, it's palpable. How did you feel when you woke up and you scrolled? Do you remember which part of the nervous system you were at? If you saw yesterday's, I'd love to have you kind of check in, can you check in, put your hand over your heart, look in and feel and go, okay, so what part of the nervous system have I been kind of working under? Have I been dysregulated? Have I felt really in ventral vagal, which is when you feel like you're connected? There's that look on your face, you look amazing. There's that amazing, it's when you, you had a photo shoot that you really were feeling amazing about your life, uh, you look better because you're in ventral vagal in the time where you're feeling really connected to yourself in a state of fulfillment, state of purpose, state of meaning, state of love, state of intimacy, social engagement, humor. That's the, the, the greater version of you. That's ventral vagal. Have you noticed yourself there? Or perhaps you were noticing yourself in sympathetic. Take a moment and check in right now and put your hand over the areas 
that you would perceive to be sympathetic, dominant, kind of activated. You can actually feel it. Some of you are going to feel it here. You might experience it here. It doesn't matter. I just want you to feel it. Can you get into the senses right now? Just feel it for a moment while I guide you through this kind of active meditation that we're doing together. This is what I call an active meditation. I do this with my clients in group calls twice a week, and I encourage people to create their own active meditations in the mind and also in the body. And so it has a very profoundly healing effect. I've been able to, using these methodologies, get my adjustments that people would come to me with my physical hands, and now people all over the world come to me and I can adjust them above Atlas and have the same effect, the same effect. And I'm not talking about distance energy healing. I'm talking about the collective conscious awareness in a, in a, in a tone, in a resonance, in a uh, resonance and regulation of healing is that my commitment is that I keep myself as connected as possible. That's my first priority. Then the second priority is who else in my life can I assist in that with that? Because we're living in a world of complete dysregulation and it's calling on people to step up as leaders. I want to speak to those people. That's what, that's why you're here. You're here because you're one of those people that have decided that you're going to, instead of burying your head in the sand, you're going to want to step up for something, for a reason. Why? For a reason. It's important. This is part of my active meditation as I'm bringing you along with me back into yourself is to ask yourself the question of why. Why are you doing this? I want to see the names of the people. I want to see the names of the people that you're doing this for. I want you to write it in the comment section right now. And I'm going to consistently, as you stay with me in these trainings, I'm going to consistently bring you back to this. It's why is why why is that meaningful? Well, because there's a part in your um, brain, there's a part in your brain called the cingulate gyrus, and it is 100 times more attuned to wanting rather than having. In other words, the wanting of something, the dopamine, triggers like a thousand times more active receptors than actually receiving. So in other words, it's more exciting for your nervous system on, you know, Christmas Eve than it is Christmas morning receiving the, and unwrapping the gifts and receiving them. We have this tendency in our nervous systems to constantly be wanting, right? And so when we focus on a why, we then have this thing that we're consistently moving towards that pulls us through really challenging times. So if I can consistently bring your awareness back to those things and you spend time with me and you give me your attention and in exchange for that, I give you something valuable in exchange that allows you to show up for those important people. I want to see what the names are of those people. Victoria, myself, my children, mom, and I want to see that I want to see the names of your kids. Like write down their names. Don't say my children. I want to see their names. I want to actually see the names of the people why you're doing this. Let's see it. Don't just say my family. No, names of people. You know, Lua, Matisse, Sep, Sam, my mom, dad, Diana, my baby, my 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 baby that's coming. In, in October the 3rd. So this is why I'm doing it. Because if I don't, what happens is all of the old stress and the old stories and the old traumas and the old dysregulations stay in my body. They stay in your body too. And they color all of our interactions. They basically become the lens in which we view the, our lives as kind of like victims. It's just where we, we we've all gone down that path this is basically this is all our paths ashley i'm i'm glad you're here hun kelly what's up what's up so the whole purpose of this all is for them for those people 
that are looking up to us and checking and seeing how you're dealing with adversity. Somebody's looking at you and asking, how is this person dealing with adversity? In their minds, at least. My dog does that. When she hears a loud noise, all of a sudden, she looks right up at me. What's she doing? She's assessing with her amazing intuitive abilities the nonverbal cues that I'm giving with my facial expression, the tone of my voice, my posture, my breathing. All of those things are resonance of my nervous system that I'm giving off, and the people around me are impacted by it. And by, by my influence, I can have an impact on how everybody feels in my space. Please write that down. I have an impact. I have a, I have a direct, not, I don't want to say control. I have a direct influence. I have direct influence on the way people feel around me. Whoa, okay. So you just get thrown onto a planet and then somebody tells you, oh yeah, by the way, here's the secret to life. You ready? Here it is. You have a direct impact on the way people feel around you. That one thing, when I discovered that, it was like, holy shit, what do I gotta do then? I have to learn how to become trigger proof because so far I haven't been. So far I've been living my life in fear of what other people think of me. So far I've chosen relationships not out of inspiration, uh, but more so out of my own safety of what I think won't abandon me. So I, I don't give myself enough credit and I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm okay with a lot less than I, I actually really my higher self would want for me. Who, who knows what I'm, do you understand what I'm talking about? Can you relate to that? And so those things are all the byproduct. Uh, oh, here's the other part that it showed up is, no matter how much I receive, no matter how much I make, no, how, no matter how much attention that I can get from people, it's never enough. I always need more. I always need another person on the side. I always need, you know what I mean? I had to, because God forbid I was alone. God forbid I had to spend time alone with my own thoughts only to reveal how horrible these thoughts are about myself. And it's what's everybody in the, what's funny is that I went through that like about 18 months ago or two years ago. I went through that whole thing. So I came on the other side, I came through on the other side and I'm like, ah, I get it. You gotta be trigger proof. You have to learn how to emotionally regulate. You have to learn how to uh, connect to purpose a meaning greater than you. You got to learn how to heal your relationships. You can't just sit there and play victim or whatever, or have shame or have fear about connecting. Um, and the last one is deeper intimacy. Those are the four things. That's the secret. After I hit my down, I'm like, all right, I'm, my life is a mess. What, what, what's missing here? What did I miss out on? Like, ah, you've been focusing on all the wrong things. You've been investing on all the wrong things. You must invest in emotional regulation time, effort, energy, resource. You must invest in uh, learning how to connect to your purpose. You must invest in healing your relationships. I actually moved in with my parents. <laughs> I was like, oh crap, I did the unthinkable. At 43, I put this place up on Airbnb. I was like, all right, I mean, I'm living here. It's a great place. I might as well just put it on Airbnb. It ends up doing very well. I move in with my parents to do some work and face the shit that I just didn't want to face, all of the things that triggered me. And I figured it out. And we have, you know, we, we, don't, we still don't always get along. We still have triggers, triggered moments with each other. But I don't believe we've ever had a more authentic relationship than we do now. And it can always get better. And you must invest in intimacy because the first half of your life is a giant mistake. <laughs> it's completely led through unconscious complexes and you can't really know who the fuck you are until you have that meltdown. Let me know. Let me, let me hear you say, ah, oh, if you know what I'm talking about. And you have this experience which forces you to go, holy crap, who the hell am I? That happened to me two years ago. So now we're in a situation 
where I've been working for the last two years to figure out all of those things during my crisis. And now here we are, the entire planet is in crisis from a, from a virus. But the interesting thing is this. The interesting thing is this. Crises all work the same. Whether it's a relationship breakdown, whether you're leaving a toxic relationship, whether you don't know whether you should stay or you should go or what career path to choose, it's all the same thing. It's the transitional anxiety between where you are and where you wanna go. When, here's the best part, when the future is uncertain, that's the key. People constantly, I, I go into business seminars. Listen, I'm a healer. I'm, a, I'm just learning this business stuff. I was not good. I failed miserably the first time I tried. Didn't understand. I, I didn't know what it was like to be an entrepreneur. And after I took some, <laughs> took, some, took some hits, I came back. And now I'm understanding that like this process of entrepreneurship is all about self-regulation. It's all about self-regulation. The entire thing, the entire structure of being an entrepreneur, of you know, being a healer, all of those things are so incredibly complicated. I need to figure out how to regulate myself so that I, I'm not at the effect of externals. Trigger-proof basically means I, am the one who's in control of my own mind rather than my mind being controlled for me. So the question that I had, uh, hello, 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 I'm just gonna ask these. Can you repeat those four things? Uh, yes, emotional regulation, healing relation, healthy relationships, uh, connection to purpose, and deeper intimacy. Those are the four things that you must, that you must and if you want to be able to come out of this stronger, you must invest in those things. You can't worry about things anymore. You have to actually get there. We had a question that is relevant to this topic. The question was, I'm going through these many unknowns. Nothing is certain right now. What do I do? Okay. And the first thing you do is you look at and you see that there's 19 at this moment. There's 19 other nervous systems feeling exactly the same way and that we're all in it together. And the first thing that you do is you get into a bird's eye overview of it. The first thing you do is as soon as all of those intrusive thoughts are coming and this uncertainty is happening, what you do is you notice and you catch yourself having them and you get back into your body and realize that the overwhelm has been building. And what you do is you go back and you start with your breath and I'm gonna walk you through the entire process right now. Going into your breath, surrendering the exhale. If you can, stand and open your arms and twist them backwards like this. While you breathe in, <sighs> surrendering the exhale. And check in and where the feeling of that overwhelm is and the feeling of that uncertainty is. And real and put your hand over it and realize that that feeling is not new. This is an old uncertainty, an old period of time where you didn't know if you were going to be safe. It could have been the time when your parents decided to split up. It could have been the time where you, um, you know, you saw, you were, you know, you had war. There was war or there was an earthquake that you went through and you were like, there was a period of time where there was like a pandemic or you're young enough to, to still, I mean, to still have trauma from what happened in 9-11. It was really close to you. And so, what you want to really acknowledge is that isn't just what's going on there. This is years of stored trauma. And what I want you to do is first kind of like acknowledge yourself as though you're holding a child that you love, but it's actually you. We're getting a felt sense and the felt sense is important to stimulate um, 
a, a body awareness that gets you out of the mind. This is all about embodiment because you want to dissociate right now. You are in a war against your dissociation. Let me know if you re re resonate with this. Tell me if you're resonating with this, okay? You're in a war with your own dissociation, which means I must be conscious of my thoughts moment to moment. But, but you say, but Nima, that's exhausting. I, I don't really want to do it. And then I tell you, I know, <laughs> but the alternative is unbearable. The alternative is unbearable. It's not, it's not an option for us. By the way, another thing is essential oils. <sighs> have them around you right now. In fact, go and grab some if you have some and just roll it on. <sighs> Touching your hand to your chest and acknowledging for a moment, am I safe in this moment? So what you're doing, as you go back to that uncertain person, can you go back right now with me? Back in time, kind of just like when. This whole coronavirus thing is just like when for sure. For me, I actually was in the shower today. And I, I actually was in the shower today. No, I was there and I started doing this in the shower. It was so cool. And I was just thinking to myself, when was it? When, when, when was this happening? Right in the comment section, when was this for you? Where, this is a just like when. Does this remind you of 9-11? If you can go back and just sense in your body, just go, how old is this? How old was I? You want to ask that question. Here's why. This might be stuck for you, you don't, you're not getting it yet, but I urge you to keep practicing. And what I want you to do is to go back in time and see that person there. For me, this was, right now what's happening, it's brought me back to the trauma of the time that I left my chiropractic practice. <laughs> Holy crap. It was trauma, it was traumatic. It was at a time where here I am, my speaking career just started taking off and my dreams were starting to come true. My ego was starting to go <laughs> because everywhere I was going, where I was speaking and I was just this new guy on the block and I was rapping and I had all this energy everywhere I was going, they would invite me to further. And it was just like, I just started off going to Australia, but then that turned into Spain and then that turned into, it just started blowing up really fast. It blew up a lot faster than my ego could handle. I wasn't mature enough to handle that amount of attention. And <clears throat> what ended up happening was I lost connection with the office back home and my practitioners, my chiropractic associates, instead of coming up with a number that we could agree on, they turned around and they went and uh, started a practice three kilometers down the road. And they took all the patients with them. And I thought I was gonna sell my practice to them, but I had just signed a lease and I was stuck there for another 10 years. Oh. <sighs> Immediately my dreams were shattered. It was like a trauma. I mean, I was, like, I was crying when I got the email. I was just like in this panic and state of alarm. And while I was in the shower, I was kind of looking back. I'm like, ah, just like that. And so the question of what do you do in your uncertainty is answered by, actually going inside and going back to the previous real deep uncertainty that this one is reminding you of. Because that's where the answers are. That's where if you go there and connect with that part. So I connected with myself going through that. And I looked at him, I looked at that, that version of myself. This was all kind of like an active meditation in the shower, by the way. Okay. So I'm in the shower and I'm, I'm kind of shampooing my hair and I'm visualizing giving love like that would be my son. Like I'm just about to have a kid now. And so now looking at myself in the same amount of love that I would my own child kind of shampooing my kid's hair, I'm talking to him. 
I'm connecting with him and I'm empathizing with him and how much pain that he was going through at that time and how, how scared he was, how he felt like his dreams were totally shattered. It was a really fucking difficult time, which turned out to be a blessing because I ended up hiring Steven Gardner. We did eight episodes of Trigger, uh, not Trigger Proof, the Ask Dr. Nima show where I was trying to pretend like I was Gary Vaynerchuk. See, even back then, even though I had, you know, my heart set on it, I was still trying to pretend to be somebody else because at the time I didn't really know who I was, but you can check it out. It's on uh, the Ask Dr. Nima show uh, on, you, on, on my website, drnima.com. I highly recommend you check them out. There's six episodes. Steven and I created that, and then all of a sudden that sprang the attention, public attention, of a nutritionist from Toronto who saw it and was like, this is fucking brilliant, and then had me as her... Um, kind of emotional expert. <laughs> I couldn't even handle my triggers at the time. I was her emotions expert. Thought that was really funny uh, for her for her group. And I met. That's where I met Kim, <laughs> who is the community manager. Is one of my first clients. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have met Kim. So I'm super grateful. But of course, after I started blowing up with that, my ego got the best of me. And boom, I had another crash. So it seems if, you're, if your life and your career, especially if you've had a lot of great successes, if you're doing it in an unregulated space the way that I was, you're going to have these massive highs and then you're going to have crashes. Let me know if you can relate to that. If you're going through a career where you have these amazing highs, like you have a lot of potential in you. So when you're aligned and you're really in your heart, you fucking like, you're like skyrocketing. But the problem is, if you're anything like me, when you get up there, you forget what got you up there, that connection and that grounding with yourself. I got pretty, I didn't go up there, but I did pretty well for not having any grounding at the time. And the gift of my last breakdown was to be able to go in and integrate everything that I've done and put together from all these years into something that actually feels like you can handle cataclysmic events like divorce, breakdown, shame, abuse, uh, humili public humiliation. I basically had to, you know, face all of those fears and come on the other side and go, the answer is to become trigger proof. And the, the interesting thing is, is I now see that now. But during my little active meditation, guess what I was telling that scared guy who just discovered that his associates backstabbed him after all that he did for them, victim story, I can go back and say, I know how scared you were, you felt, feel. I know how scared you feel. I know how you feel backstabbed and betrayed after everything you've done. It totally makes sense that you feel that way. And I was really, connecting with him and I was like, oh my gosh, I get it. And so when I connected with him, here's what happens. When you connect with that wounded part of you that this whole coronavirus really is about and you learn the skills of transforming and alchemizing that trauma, this is what we teach in our workshops and we do on the one-on-ones and this is the overview method that I came up with. What ends up happening is you then have joined and had a profound healing endeavor. And you now, this cloud of stuckness where you don't know what your next move is, guess what you do? You ask him, you ask that version of you that or her. You say, what do you need from me? What is it that you need? And I asked him that and guess what he said? Just have fun with them. And stop, and this is what he said, stop, this is what he said. He said, stop acting like it's not going to like happen for you. That was weird, you know, because everything that I was telling him, I was like, don't worry, like you're going to get this, this is going to happen, there's amazing things. All of these suggestions that I was needing that certainty at that time 
that I was needing in this crisis of uncertainty of which way do I go? I don't know if I can live with this uncertainty. The words that I'm using for myself to tell that version right now, I'm like, wow, those are really interesting words. <laughs> what was he saying? Dude, he was like, dude, you're going you're gonna to do amazing. You're changing the world. This is actually a gift. Just serve. Just go to your holy grail. Just go to your number one, your holy grail teaching. Just go there. Just trust that and serve. Just show who you are. Like stop fucking pretending to be someone else. Just go out there and just do you. And just trust me, you won't have anything to worry about. That's what I was telling him. And I'm like, hmm. Oh, that's some, some sage advice. Sage advice, Nima. And now that instant connection with my higher self, my younger self, my wounded self, my healed self comes through. And now I enter the unknown knowing exactly what my next move is. And here I am giving it to you, which is to give you a message of something that's going to bring you back into yourself. So now, do you have that younger self? Let me know. Do you have that younger self? You guys are perfect. You guys. So Sammy, you got bullied. That's a good one. Sending you compassion, empathy, treat everyone equally. Okay, good. Your bullied self. Good. Getting bullied. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Three or four years, son. Okay, perfect. That's what you're going to use. You guys know exactly where it is. Okay. You know exactly where it is. Nima Vaynerchuk. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I've just haven't been, I'm just catching up on your comments. Oh, I really appreciate the engagement. It means a lot, especially to a fucking guy in quarantine. <laughs> this is the engagement. I need it. Like I need air. I need the validation. <laughs> no, but the, the interesting thing is, is that by integrating your shadow, you don't get rid of that young little self with the ego that needs the validation. I don't get rid of him. I actually, I'm very present to his, like, I'm very present to his um, uh, kind of awareness right here. I'm extremely present to his awareness. I'm not making him wrong. I'm not making that part of me wrong. Uh, and I'm not like, I'm not pretending that I don't love the fact that this is an opportunity for me to basically teach everything that I've been doing for the last like two years with clients and, and going, guys, this is the answer. Like, I'm not going to pretend that I don't love the opportunity to share it, but I'm just so grateful to be able to use that dark passenger to actually serve people. So that you leave here going, yeah, he triggers me a little bit. I can own that. That's my job, actually. My job is to trigger you. This is part of the healing, is to be triggered. I'm going to basically say, I want you to put your hand on your chest right now. And I want you to say, I'm here to be triggered. Because I'm here to lead through the unknown. Which is a triggering thing, because you're in the unknown. It's not familiar. We're not programmed to venture out of safety excuse me we're not programmed too much water not programmed to venture out of safety so we're literally stepping into the unknown in every moment so what do you do when everything's uncertain well the answer is you focus on healing you and resourcing you so that you are in the unknown moment full of gratitude full of overflow which takes time to carve out. Easy for me to say, I don't have a toddler or kids, right? Easy for me to say, I can carve out as much time. I have A, B, C, D, E. Easy for me to say, now, what you're telling me about your excuse not to do it is the story that's been stopping you from really expanding to your, to, to your, your greatest potential that story that you have. And what I'm inviting you to do, because you're doing this for someone else, is to abandon that story and to make your own healing the most pri the biggest priority, above all else. You wanna know why? Because the greatest gift that you can give your children is a self-loving parent. 
I discovered this. The greatest gift that you can give your child is a self-loving parent. Because if a parent is self-loving, if I am self-loving, then I'm less likely to use my child to fulfill a kind of like an egoic need and to embrace that child for who they are, okay? If I don't love myself, I'm either going to use that child for my own kind of validation or to be able to use it to control and manipulate public opinion of me, okay? If I don't love myself, I'm at the risk of not, I don't wanna say harming the child, I don't want to say harming a child because nobody's actually doing it on purpose. If you're a parent and you're listening to me and you're getting triggered because of what I said, I see you, I get it. It's not your fault if you've been doing it that way. This is how most, I know every Persian household, most Persian households were growing, grown up that way. Although my parents have really come a long way. I don't want to take all the credit. They've done a lot of their work after our kind of, you know, my experience of moving in with them has forced, forced them to look at themselves too. And it's been an amazing journey. And now they're going to be grandparents. So what an amazing journey it's been all because, you know, both of us, or we were willing to take on the responsibility. And that's why you're here is to take on the responsibility. Are there any questions that you have? <laughs> hey, Dr. Russ, I wanted to uh, acknowledge Dr. Russell Kennedy. Everything that you are listening to um, that's coming from me and every whatever growth that I have done within myself over the last 18 months is because I've had one of the best friends that anyone can ever have, uh, Dr. Russell Kennedy. And um, he met me at a time when there was... I was um, in a really dark place and I didn't have, I tried to use all of the tools that I had access to, which were cognitive based. And he said, put those tools away. I'm like, what? I got to solve this. Oh, he, and he taught me, he said, you can't think your way out of a feeling problem. So when, when, when he introduced me to that concept, and set me on a trajectory to learn how to become trigger proof. I, I look back and I, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gotten here until he, he taught me that he just changed my whole thinking and uh, provided me with mentorship, friendship. Uh, he's like a little brother and a big brother and a father figure and mentor and mentee and friend and, I love you, man. I just want to tell you, I love you so much and uh, I'm grateful to have you. And through doing all of that work, I now, you, what, what ends up happening is you go from a place of not knowing who you are and being inundated and overly perturbed with external opinions of me to being completely disconnected from intimacy having relationships that were just transactional of what they could give or what I could get to finally being able to heal the underlying root cause of, of the trauma and the stories that led me to that. And now it's like, holy cow, every single person is going through transitional anxiety right now. While I'm sitting there watching the world fall apart, with the rest of you and see one bad news after another and feel my heart rate go through the roof and I'm, I'm tracking my, my uh, uh, you know, my vitals and all that as an entrepreneur, you know, sleep and all of that. In the past few days, waking up with a spiked heart rate, I don't, by any means, I'm not like Mr. Stillness all the time. I'm actually quite, you know, volatile with my relationships, excuse me, volatile with my emotions, therefore my relationships. And now that's completely, completely changed. And uh, I'm able to bring back myself back to center simply by going back to the original wound. So the question that was posed was, what do we do in times of uncertainty? Do you get it? What we do is we get into our breath and we get into our bodies and then we go back to those old wounds and we connect and we converse 
and we soothe and we have a conversation with that version of yourself. In fact, I'd love to do that. I'd love for you to, your journaling exercise is to go back to that wound that is related to what's going on and starting to change your relationship. What would you tell that version of yourself? What would you tell, <clears throat> what would you tell them with all of their uncertainties? All of the questions that they had, what were their questions? Will I be okay? That was the question. That was the main question they were asking. You know, when you were two years old and you're, you know, you had a, a disconnection, a fracture in a relationship with a mother or mom had to go or dad died or whatever. And there was all these questions that showed up. What would it be like if you could go back there in that time of uncertainty that this time of uncertainty is reminding you of and start to tell them exactly all the answers to their questions and pay attention to what you're saying because chances are they're the exact same questions in a different form. And the answers will most likely relate to the one you're You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. You're going through now. Does that make sense for you? Does that make sense? You and your parents were willing. What about when you're willing to do this work with those you need to interact with on a regular basis? Close their doors, not interested, not able to go there with you. Great question. That just came up. I got to answer that. You're not responsible for other people. Your job is to do the healing work on yourself and fully see you and heal you. And so when you're going back there, your energy is not an inauthentic one to gain approval. Your energy must approach them from a place within your soul that you can't fake where you fully understand you and them. Okay. When you're there, you can reach out and that's the best that you can do. The question is, if they don't reach back to you and you still don't love yourself, why not? That's, that's the part you're responsible for. Does that make sense, Laura? I'm glad you asked. That's what we would work on. That's what we would work on specifically in your specific case because that dynamic, Laura, isn't just showing up now. That dynamic that you're going through where you feel that shutdown, you know, that shutdown feeling guaranteed is a transference from an older shutdown. And the methodologies that we use to heal them is by not paying attention to that one. This is what we do with our clients. You tell us every, everywhere your stuckness is right now. If you're actually willing to, in this time, prioritize that healing and invest in that, let me know. We'll send you like an application because now is the time. And what we would do is we, you would mark down and you would kind of go over all of the, the shit list of your life. And we just basically game plan it. We see it and we're like, oh, okay. Throughout your three months, six months, whatever it's going to take, we're going to knock down each of these fractures and you're going to see how they completely fall into the same pattern with what's going on now. It's fucking spooky. If you've been a client 
and you've gone through this process, please share your story right now. Tell them what it was like for you because it's mind-blowing. The results of you doing that are amazing. Kyla is a, is a reminder to me. I was on a podcast episode this morning, and I talked about your situation, Kyla, because it was amazing. Having all of these stories from the past stuck as trauma in the body. She came to me as a chiropractor eight years ago. I did three sessions with her, and I told her, dude, this is not getting better. We got to go deeper. You got to come and do this. And she was like, ah, she left. I never saw her again. Okay. She shows up in one of my talks and says, all right, do you remember I didn't come and see you? I didn't come back to you? I'm like, yeah, what did I do? She goes, well, you're talking to me about stuff I didn't really want to talk about. You're trying to get in my head and I wasn't going to go there. And now eight years later, it's now, it's now time. I'm like, okay, welcome to the game. She comes into the game and we start doing everything that I just shared. And on the other side of that, she comes out of there and she's like, oh, I'm off of my anxiety medication that I was on for 25 years. And I don't have diverticulitis anymore. And my relationship with my partner, we have more connection and intimacy than we have in years. In fact, it's like a new relationship. It's different than it's ever been. Because the old one had to die. That's what happens. That's the biggest, the biggest obstacle to you in this to us is the fear of the, what, of the death of what's familiar. But I have news for you, sweetheart. It is the death of what was familiar for all of us. <laughs> in times of change, the learners will inherit the earth, but the learned will find themselves beautifully equipped for a world that does not exist. You must learn how to adapt to change. And you must learn how to adapt by expanding your adaptability and your resilience, your capacity through your nervous system. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> does that make sense? Does that make sense? Cam, you are so much stronger than you realize. Take care of yourself. Beautiful, beautiful. Love it. Ouch, damn. Some people don't have a proper mentor. Yes, make the best out of it. Three is fine. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm late to the party. I'm glad that you guys are, um, are connecting. And do you have any questions to this? What's been most relevant for you? The question of the day was about certainty. What do I do in this uncertain life? Well, just I just told you. We do it. I can't wait with my tribe in one hour, we have a group call where we all do this together. Imagine a community of people all over the world, all getting out of their heads and into their hearts together so that they can then go out to the world and be the leaders in these uncertain times. Be the ones that people go, oh, it was thanks to you that you helped me get through it. You know, Jordan Peterson says, this is what he says, is like, be the most reliable person at your father's wedding. Excuse me, your father's wedding, your father's funeral, excuse me. Be the most reliable person at your mother's or father's funeral. What that means is that there's gonna be a lot of grief around you. And you wanna have the mental resilience and, and, and emotional regulation ability to be able to be there for others. And there's someone that I really want to acknowledge since she's here right now is Kim. Kim started off with us with paralyzing anxiety, completely just unable to function in life. And when she jumped in and we started working with her and peeling back all those other stories, lo and behold, within a short period of time, relatively speaking to 30 years of taking anxiety medications, she was off them. She was then able to get on an airplane for the first time. She was able to participate in family celebrations that she wasn't able to do before. Missed her, missed her, her, her daughter's wedding dress shopping and all those things. She still has this painful regret of that. You know, listening to her talk about it, she almost gets teary-eyed when she talks about how painful it was for her to miss her daughter's um, celebrations and, and really big milestones because she was crippled in bed with anxiety and what we did was we just taught 
nervous system regulation throughout this time and she's been practicing and not only is she off of medications but she travels around the world with us helping facilitate transformation in the world and she's like amazing at helping facilitate people who've been dealing with overwhelm and anxiety she's like a wizard at it and she's doing what all of the work that has been integrated that we've taught getting you into your heart getting you into your body out of your head are there any questions yes love love you guys how do you know you let it die with the other person is trying to keep the toxic energy alive great question should i stay or should i go <laughs> the answer is you go all in with healing your own wounds healing your attachment wounds kelly <clears throat> you go all in in your family of origin story you unpack it and what happens as a result of you doing this, initially it's painful and it's scary, and you're gonna have to often go against the will of that person because they wanna keep you stuck in that toxic energy, and you are kinda codependent on that. You gotta own that, it's like an addiction. You gotta break the addiction by going all in with yourself instead of consistently abandoning yourself to go with that person. You gotta stop the self-abandonment and go all in with you. What happens is you grow. You grow and it threatens him tremendously. He can't fucking handle the new you. He hates, he hates the new you and then he ends up hating me. Every single one of my clients, <laughs> the females with husbands, fucking hate me. Why? First of all, because I, am, I was them, so I get them. <laughs> I totally understand them. And I'm responsible for having their partners actually level up, which makes them look at themselves and go, fuck's sakes, I got to do some work to keep this person. No, I'd rather create more drama and keep her down here. <clears throat> Happens all the time. The partner does it. This one gets upset. And so you have a choice to make. Either you keep adapting or and take a stand and have him rise and join you, or you will part ways. Either way, you must stop abandoning yourself and throw the life raft onto you first. And the most difficult thing for you to do will be to do that. In fact, you'll be terrified. I get on calls with women like you. I don't wanna say that, I hate the way that sounded. I don't mean women like you, I mean, let, let me change my language. I, I totally apologize. I, 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 I can totally feel that I'm charged about it because I really want, you got to understand where I'm coming from. I'm coming from the perspective of your partner and I know what's in his mind. He's terrified of losing you. And so you got to focus on what you want. What you want to do is here's what you're going to do. You're going to write down all the traits of every quality that you want in a relationship. Kelly, that's what you're going to do. You're going to write all the traits of the relationship that you want. And you have to draw a line in the sand and say, get to the point where you deserve that. Part of you doesn't feel like you deserve it. That's why you're still stuck in that dynamic. That's the part you have control over. You don't have control over him. Your job is to address the part of you that feels that you're not deserving of that. And as we work on healing all of that and picking away all of those old stories that have you not feeling that you're deserving of all that, you start to step into that and now you're in a different energy field and you start seeing people that you never saw from this, from this dimension. You're like, oh, holy crap. And so now you're looking at him going, dude, either step the fuck up or step the fuck out. And that's how it's gonna happen. I know this because in my relationship, in my last relationship, there was a constant, there was a codependent cycle. And she would constantly be whining, why don't you change? And I was basically like, fuck you. I was the narcissist. I was like, fuck you, there's the door. I don't have to change, why should I? The question is, why should he change? Why should he change his ways? In all likelihood, if you have a unconscious codependent dynamic, what's happening is you're enabling him to be there. How? By abandoning yourself and fixing and solving, which is your responsibility to solve because that's an old story. 
You gain an identity out of fixing. You gain an identity out of solving. It's what you know. It's what's familiar. That's why you're entangled with this mofo. That's why it's so perfect. This is a aha moment discovery that I made is that you can heal toxic relationships with this process. So am I, uh, am I, am I, uh, oh, it's okay, Nima, she's my girl. Okay, okay. So <laughs> everybody's like, leave them. <laughs> all the girls are like, all the women who've had narcissistic partners, Kelly, are going to be like, girl, you, he don't deserve you, girl. And then you're going to feel like, oh my God, I feel so validated. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh yeah, I'm going to leave him. And then all of a sudden your unworthiness shows up and then he starts being really charming because he knows exactly what to say. He's slick. He's good looking. He's got the gift of the gab. He knows exactly. He's a good salesman. And then now he's able to hook you back in because he can't live without you. He can't live by himself. He can't sit in the discomforting, paralyzing feeling of loneliness. It was, it's too unbearable. How do I know? Because I sat through it and I thought I was going to die. And there was a client that we were working with and she was like, okay, I think I'm, you know, addicted to sex and I get into these really deep patterns and I'm like, all right, well, I shared with her my story because I'm very transparent that I, I was in the same boat. And so I stopped completely stopped having sex and dating and faced the most paralyzingly, you know, fearful, terrifying thing which was being alone, it would, it would just kill me, you know? Like I wouldn't be able to survive like a 14-day a quarantine. There's no way, I, would, I couldn't survive it. I would, yeah, I would die. But when I did and I was able to, you know, get complete with it and really get into feeling and embodiment and go and heal those wounds and integrate um, with the work, with the seminars and the coaching and the group and, and all of that, um, all of a sudden, the, the quality of people that I start attracting is completely different. All of a sudden, I see that old, here's what happens when you, when you do this right. What happens is you still feel the attraction of that chaotic energy. You know, I, I would see it. I'd be like, oh, the old version of me would be all over trying to get attention from that. But now, I see myself now, and I'm like, I kind of smile at that part of me and uh, have attracted a, a relationship based on mutuality, based on no lopsided disempowerment. There's, there's empowerment there. She's just, it, it's a relationship that for the first time feels actually like home. It doesn't feel this scourge of passion and oh like the extreme ups and downs which if you're going through an, a, an arrangement like that then you're likely dealing with a trauma bond which isn't a bad thing it's just a familiar survival mechanism that will exhaust you until you're ready to transcend and heal from it and those are the transitional anxieties that we all must go through and this is what we've been specializing in with with the work we do the problem is is you know I, not the problem, the, the funny thing is, is that those skills are transferable to this crisis. And the crisis that you're going through right now is all based on the question that I'm uncertain. And I'm gonna give you one little thought before we go and I, I, uh, I open up to questions. Um, <clears throat> I'm glad you love it, Kelly. Before I open up to questions is um, getting connected with this one awareness that will shift your uncertainty just like that. Are you ready? I want you to put your hand on your chest to the area that's uncertain. Breathe into that uncertainty and acknowledge where it comes from, the previous one. Acknowledge the earlier wound and see yourself sitting there. If you're a client of ours, then this is coming easy to you. If you're not, this will probably be very confronting, especially if you've dissociated from that version of you and there's been trauma. That's what we help you with. 
But as you sit there and reconnect with that version of you, can you empathize with them? And sit with them as though they're your child. And really give them space and hold space for them to actually feel everything. Let them know that what they're feeling actually makes sense. And as you tell them that, notice their shoulders completely relaxing. Notice them feeling safer in their bodies. Notice your shoulders just kind of following suit. Letting them know that although they may not see it now, there are so many gifts that are coming from that. And most of all, they're going to be okay. Let them know how okay they're going to be with their uncertainty in that moment. Keep that conversation going and pay attention to them to see if they're connected to you, if they can feel you. Often you'll dissociate when you do this. Our clients dissociate, so we guide them to just stay connected with their eyes. Have them feel seen. You can even hug the container. <laughs> Let them know the, the best advice that you could give them right now. What's the question that they want answered? What question are they asking you? Give it permission to breathe. Give them the answer to that question. Now bring that awareness with you today and see yourself sitting here in the uncertainty from a bird's eye view, noticing where you are in your space in the planet, noticing how your breath simultaneously, noticing that you are on that same planet with 7.7 .7 billion other people with the same amount of collective uncertainty. I'm going to drop a couple of bombs for you to try on. What would, it, what would it feel like if you can love the person with the uncertainty? Can you see and love the person with the uncertainty? Can you love the part of you that's uncertain? In other words, that younger self, that part of you. Can you see that part of you that's uncertain? and actually embrace them as though you would a, an uncertain child. Can you love that uncertain part of you? <sighs> Breathe into that awareness with that message from that uncertain part of you. Looking at your uncertain self and appreciating your uncertain self and removing the delusion that I should be uncertain, embracing that at this time, I should be uncertain. And that's okay that I'm uncertain because I have work to do today. There's people that I can reach out and show some love. There's people that I can call on and say, hey, what's going on with you? How are you feeling? There's people that I can actually get engaged with to elevate them to my new awareness of healing. Because now, after this awareness, you're on a different vibration than the majority of the world. And it's your responsibility to get you there. Nobody's job, this is not Donald Trump's job to get you there. It's not Q's job, it's not your prime minister's. It's not the bailout system or the government. It's not their job to put you there, that's your job. And that's my job. And I love my job because it's the most important job. Because I know that if you don't do this, then people in your world are screwed. So I'm doing this for those names that you put earlier. My heart is with them as well, that you've taken this work and this awareness and you're able to share this with others and actually be a beacon of light. And I 
I urge you to think of about five people who really needed to hear this training. And I want you to invite them into this group and tag them in this post and make sure that you get all notifications so you don't miss a single training. My next one's gonna be at 7 p.m. Pacific, which is 10 Eastern, and then sometime in the afternoon for you Aussies. I just wanted to tell you I love you, and I hope that you can feel that, that how much I appreciate having you to share my gifts with at a time where I feel pretty lonely outside of that <laughs> in, a, in an apartment. I'm not complaining. I could be a lot worse. I'm so grateful. But I just wanted to say I'm so grateful that you're there to allow me to share my gifts because um, it's, it's helping me step up. In fact, it's what's going to save you is your homework is share a gift that you have with us in the group, in the Facebook group. A gift, a poem, a song. If you're a singer, sing something. You want to dance, give us a gift. Share your gift with us, a video, something that you feel will bring our nervous systems to that higher level of healing. I believe that healing can go viral. If you make this a priority, I promise you that the attention that you give to this content is going to help those that you love. And that's, my, that's, that's what I wanna give in exchange. Big love to you, let me know your biggest takeaways from today's call and I'll see you tonight at seven for another Q&A. Big love.